frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Even a big bitch cockroach like you should know. Never, never fuck with the king. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. And I'm JFK. <laughs> and we are here to talk about movies. Each week, JFK and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. Uh, today, I picked the film Bubba Hotep from 2002, the year I started making my own films, uh, starring Bruce Campbell, Ossie Davis, uh, and written and directed by Don Coscarelli, based on the short story by Joe R. Lansdale. Um, this film has been on my radar for a bit. I first heard about it uh, working in a movie theater in Nacogdoches, Texas. And if you're familiar with this film, you know that um, they go to Nacogdoches in the movie. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about a little bit how I heard about this movie and, and the uh, the events surrounding it and why it's been on my radar. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a blast. <laughs> we'll get into it in a minute. I also have a, uh, I wouldn't call it an obsession with Bruce Campbell, but um, like I admire him a lot and, and <clears throat> recently had a dream about him, which I made a vlog about. You can go find it on YouTube under, uh, under my YouTube channel, Brandon Ray Selman. Uh, just a little plug there. Shameless. Uh, Do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I admire him a lot, and then he he came to me in a dream, and then I made a vlog about it. So go check that out. Um, but if you want to know what we're watching next week, be sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode. We uh, like like I said, we alternate picking up films. So next week it'll be Lewis, and he'll reveal it at the end of this episode. Um, first, before we get into all this, we'd like to say thank you to everybody who has been watching the show. Um, or listening, either one. You can watch uh, sometimes on YouTube, <laughs> but uh, mostly listen to us on you know all the podcast platforms. If you like our show, please share it with people. Uh, we'd much appreciate it because um, we love doing this. This is uh, this is our religion right now. We we've been diligently doing this for the past forty two weeks. Can you believe it? Um, no, <laughs> I would say that I'm, <laughs> it's hard to believe. I would say I'm, I'm pretty enlightened I feel like I've, I've continued my education in film with this and, you know, learned a lot. Yeah. A lot of films I wouldn't have picked on my own. Yeah. Same here. So, uh, if you want to be a part of the religion and, and, um, share it with other people, spread the gospel of film church radio, please, uh, tell people. Um, so before we get into the Bubba Hotep movie, uh, we like to talk about what we've been watching this week, um, other than Bubba Hotep. So if you're just here for Bubba Hotep, you can just skip forward, you know, you skip all this, but we do talk about, you know, everything we've been watching on our Letterboxd and sometimes, mostly movies, sometimes TV shows. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, uh, what have you been watching, Lewis? Or so, should I say JFK? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like to um, throw them in randomly just to throw you off. I don't yeah. do it for like, you know. It's never consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to do it today. I just got that, got that feeling. <laughs> um, it yeah, it so keeps this, me on my toes. That's it. You never know when it's going to come next. Yeah. Um, so this week has been a really good week, honestly, in um, my film watching exploits. Um, I started off with Johnny Guitar, a uh, uh, 1954 Western directed by Nicholas Ray. Um, and Nicholas Ray is a director I like a lot. He did Rebel Without a Cause um, and In a Lonely Place with Humphrey Bogart. Um, okay. And he was married to Gloria Graham for a short time, who I absolutely adore. Um, and I had this on um, Blu-ray and I hadn't picked it out yet, and it just kind of um, fell into the blu-ray player really is one night i was like oh yeah i'll put that on and see what it's like and it was really yeah. really good it's um it's a bit different it's a western that um revolves around the women so joan oh, crawford cool. um plays um a character that owns like a saloon um and she's in with uh, some bad guys i guess they could be bad they could be you know not so bad i'm not explaining this very well um <laughs> But it's just a really, it's like Technicolor as well. So it's in full color. Um, it's just a really vibrant, interesting film. Um, yeah. And at the beginning, there was a short introduction by Martin Scorsese on the disc. And he said that it was uh, part of the reaction to the McCarthy era kind of witch hunts that we've talked about mm. before. So watching yeah. it through that lens as well kind of added a lot yeah. to it. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. It was a. It was a different Western than I'd seen before. Um, I always like it when they play with the genre a little bit. And yeah, for sure. With females, you know, it was yeah great. Yeah, especially for that time, it's. I feel like there's not a lot of those. Yeah, definitely uh, not. Um, I know it wasn't super well received when it came out, and it's kind of uh, created a bit of a cult following since. Yeah. Um, so Johnny Guitar, if you're looking for a good Western, I would seek it out. Does uh, Johnny Guitar have any relation to Johnny Utah? <laughs> Maybe. He, I mean, he's a badass in it as well. So His there is a um, yeah, character called Johnny Guitar. Um, <laughs> and people keep saying, that's a weird name. And he's like, yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then after that, I went all European, Brandon. So I, uh, I watched um, a couple of German films, German silent films. Uh, from the 20s. Um, nice. The first one I watched was The Love of Jeannie Ney, um, directed by um, G.W. Pabst, who is a interesting filmmaker. Um, I, I watched a special feature on him, and um, it seems like he was kind of forgotten about because he chose to stay in Germany when with the rise of Hitler and, yeah. and Nazism and everything and kind of made a few films for them. So he was kind of oh, pushed really? to the side in film history, especially, you know, European film history. Um, but this yeah. was a really interesting story about um, a, a couple in France and they kind of get separated because he's a Bolshevik and, and she's not. And, um, and then they kind of, it's just an interwining story where they uh, keep kind of meeting up and there's some, you know, big, hitters from the German era. There's um, 
the the lady from uh, Metropolis is in it, um, and she plays a blind girl. Which I'm, I'm really glad that we've come a long way in terms of representing disabilities like that on screen. It was you know yeah kind of one step down from being cross-eyed and bumping into furniture, um, mm. which you know is always a little bit weird to see. When yeah. It's, that heavy handed but i guess you know it's silent film and it did its job as soon as she came on the screen i was like man she's blind you know i could you could just tell yeah you by the way they did it yeah and it was um and the actress is um brigitte helm who was in metropolis and she's just got incredible eyes anyway so um there was a lot of story revolving around that um and there was the lead actress this is going off a bit on a tangent but the lead actress was edith jehani who I probably butchered that um, pronunciation. And I was like, she's really good in this. I wonder why I haven't heard anything about her before. And I went on uh-huh. to her letterbox and clicked on her name. Um, only credited with seven films, and there is no biography on there. So I went on to hmm. Wikipedia, you know, my second port of call. It sounds very basic. Yeah. And that was literally, you know, she starred in a few films, and that was it. So there is literally nothing known about her. Wow. Which is very interesting to me. That's the kind of stuff that I'm like, okay, I need to track down everything that she's ever done yeah. <laughs> to unpack who this person is, you know? Yeah. Um, it was super strange. Especially um, the star of a film. Yeah. Yeah, and she seemed to be like another director's muse for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nothing and disappeared. Who knows? Is she... So I ha- I know Metropolis, but I haven't seen it. Is, mm. is, she, uh, is she the star of metropolis or is she just in it so she's um she's not the one that's in metropolis so oh, Edith, okay, there sorry. was two female the leads other... yeah Edith gotcha, gotcha. was the main and then um brigitte helm was the um was the blind girl but she yeah. was in metropolis um okay so i mean it's a, it like i said it's a really interesting kind of foray of people that are included yeah in it. Um, and it was super interesting um did lag a little bit. Some parts were a bit baggy, um, but you know, a good, strong German silent film. And then Paps made a film called Pandora's Box um, with Louise Brooks. He made two films with American actress Louise Brooks in Germany. One being Pandora's Box and one being Diary of a Lost Girl. Um, and they are both very European in their um, representation of like female. Um, empowerment and kind of like sex and stuff like that Um, and I've been putting off watching this film for years it's been a film that I've wanted to get for some reason it's I've always wanted to get it on blu-ray like I've been waiting for it to come out on disc Um, and there was a restoration a few years ago and I was like here we go someone's gonna announce if there's a new restoration coming out they're gonna put out like a blu-ray disc and nobody did so Last night, well, two nights ago, I bit the bullet and I was like, I'm just going to watch it. I've been waiting too long to watch it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm pretty much guaranteed that in the next few weeks, someone <laughs> will announce, announce it on Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's a very, very interesting film um, about a woman who kind of, her, the whole point is that no man can kind of resist her and just the, she kind of pulls everyone down into this dark, murky world with her because of her allure um and then weirdly enough it worked as a really good double bill because um with um jean-luc godard passing 
um, earlier this mm-hmm. week, I decided to pull out one of his films and kind of watch that when I heard the news. Um, and I picked out um, Vivri Savi um, from 1962, which is also about a female with a pixie haircut similar to the lead of Pandora's Box who falls into <laughs> prostitution. Yeah. Um, it was a very weird kind of cinematic double bill where you didn't mean for it to happen. And it just works yeah. out to be like, wow, that was like the perfect two films to watch back to back. Yeah. And I think it just added something to both of them. You know, I, would, yeah. I could kind of see the difference in representation in the, what, 40 years that had passed. And yeah, it was uh, it was a great double bill. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a good week, dude. A lot of silent film, some French films, all thrown yeah. into the mix. Man, let's let's talk about Godard for a little bit. Like yeah. it just I mean, I knew he was still alive, but just like no mm-hmm. like, you know, seeing that he passed and stuff, it's just like just like holy shit. Like it's just crazy mm-hmm. that he was still alive. Yeah, you know, I said that, to, I said to our friend Zach that like every time I looked it up, oh like he came up in conversation, I'd like go on his IMDB or whatever, I'd be like, Oh cool, he's still alive. You know, it's yeah. kind of that like I don't know. It just it felt nice having him in the world. Yeah, um, yeah, man. It like I I really want to go through and, and watch um, all of his his movies. I mean, I've seen Breath Breathless. I've seen yeah. uh, um, what's the name of it? Perot. I am going to butcher the name of it. <laughs> oh my god, he has so many credits. I'm like trying to find it. It's like Perot, yeah, Perot Le Fou uh, mm-hmm. that I really liked, which which also stars um, the guy from Breathless. Yeah, um, and I'd really like to see what what his later work looked like too. You know, yeah, and kind of the. I mean, he he kept working right up till the end. You know, like yeah, he's got 131 director credits. It's pretty crazy, and I think that I hadn't seen. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Godard's film at all. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Breathless. Um, mm-hmm. As a film, I'm not, you know, I don't really like it that much. Um, but yeah. it's a film I've gone back to like loads of times. Yeah. I feel like I, like every now and again, I get the feeling to be like, I need to watch Breathless. Yeah. It's Which definitely the one that people talk about the most, yeah. but I don't, you know, I, I guess because it um, maybe was one of his first films and because it kind of broke form a little bit, yeah and you know it's like non-traditional but it works um but i mean i i still really like it i i like i like actors though i think i i'm Mm -hmm. I'm more of an you know i like i'm less of a plot kind of person i think yeah you know i you know i'm still i'll still be interested in the movie as long as like there's there's like just drama and acting you know just yeah following actors around doing shit which is kind of what breathless is Mm. is like and um yeah i mean he also obviously had like a hand in in uh people taking hitchcock more seriously right with his essays mm. and stuff. yeah the whole like french new wave you know the writers for cachet du cinema and things like that kind of really pushed um pushed hitchcock i mean Truffaut, who was huge in the french new wave he did the full interview sessions with Hitchcock, okay, and got the the book and everything out. Um, 
in terms of you know having him reevaluated. I guess starting that whole trend. So yeah, but yeah. He I was... guess I I kind of get them confused sometimes, Truffaut and Godard, but mm-hmm. I think. I but yeah, too. I mean, they were yeah. both they were both you know huge in the French New Wave mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think wasn't he married to Agnes' father for a while as well? Good. Uh, I don't know if he was. Maybe. Um, I feel like he might have been. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that you would really enjoy Vivri Savi. I mean, it's just like it's it's the actress Anna Karina who he focuses on the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, the the camera movements are really interesting, and um, there's one point where I felt like I was literally trying to lean around something in the shot to get a better look at the actress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just you know, there's the opening scene is like 15 minutes of the back of two characters' heads while they have a conversation. Wow. Which is, you know, it doesn't sound like it's going to work, but it does, you know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, see, he, he was just like that. Like, he just, yeah. he did things that broke the form. Yeah. Um, mm. Which is great, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, like, as much as I love popular films and love, like, action movies and stuff, you know, they they get old, especially yeah. as you get older. You just yeah. want, you know, you want to see something else. You want to see yeah. the art form push the boundaries and you want to see stuff with deeper meaning and, you know. I think that's why I love silent cinema so much because it's just such a, it's on the cusp of like the medium developing. So everything you see is innovative. Everything they were yeah. doing is like the first time this was done. Or they were learning from other people and, you know, really putting things together. Um, and I just love to watch. Like, it's one of the – film is obviously one of the only mediums you can see that happen. Yeah. You know, it's not like a finished – it is a finished product, but you can see directors try things and then come back to it later. And it's just – film is amazing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I never really thought about it like that because, I mean – I guess, I mean, music has been around though for, for a long, for longer than it's been able to be recorded. But I guess, I guess we do have like, um, sheet music and things yeah. from you know old musicians and yeah. stuff. Um, but we see so like you, in film, you see it just as they. In, I mean, they intended. As they, it, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like the medium is is film. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're seeing it the way that, yeah, the director created it and everything. You know, yeah. Yeah. We love movies. Yeah. Rest <laughs> in peace, Godot. Yeah. Um, yeah, just crazy. 91, 91 yeah. or 92. Mm-hmm. Almost 92, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, things that I have watched this week. Yes, um, please. I, so first I watched uh, Val, which is the documentary came out last year about Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um that he that he made and um have you seen it? I have it's on Prime, I think. Yeah. It is really really good. So this guy basically took a camera with him everywhere. Like I didn't wow. realize he was that kind of an actor. Like he just had a camera with him on all the sets and mm-hmm. like, like would film like when he was doing plays, like there's a there's a play that he's like doing um in the early eighties and like this was before video cameras were even 
like a thing you know he had yeah. like one of literally had one of the first video cameras and uh sean penn and kevin bacon are like there in like the dressing room and stuff and they're like is that a video camera and he's like yeah and they're like cool <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so it just like it goes through his life and stuff and all these movies he did and it's it's really really good definitely That's worth awesome. a watch very well put together and stuff and and you know he's obviously like reflecting on his career and stuff because he can't I mean, he can kind of speak, but you know, he's lost his. I mean, yeah. everybody saw Top Gun Maverick. Like, that's mm. his voice. That's his real voice there that he's using in the movie. And yeah, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to keep on doing doing work and stuff. But yeah. um, you know, it, it it kind of the. I mean, he he like he went to Juilliard. You know, I mean, he's an yeah. actor. You know, he's yeah. like an actor, an actor, actor, and like did plays and movies his whole career and like you know so like the his there's a certain body of work that's you know kind of close to him now you know and mm -hmm. and and so he just kind of reflects on it and stuff so it kind of got me thinking you know about um his movies and stuff and um i ended up watching tombstone from 1993 which was suggested to me by my brother-in-law when, back when we were doing Sergio Leone, like the Sergio Leone series we did yeah. on the podcast, because um, it's a Western and, and stuff. And uh, it is really good. Like it was made in 1993. And um, I don't know, I feel like sometimes Westerns are very, obviously they're hit and miss with any like huge genre like that. But it was really good for, for the time that it was made and, I mean, not even for the time that it was made. I mean, it's good now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it holds yeah. up. Like it, it's it's a really good good movie. Have you seen it? Have you seen Tombstone? I haven't seen Tombstone. No, there's a, a um, gap from like the late eighties to the early nineties that you know is pretty lost to me. In, yeah, so. um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It's been um a minute since I've seen like a more modern Western, you know? Yeah. I mean, you get, you get a good one every couple of years, I think, but, um, obviously yeah, the Coen brothers have done, done great stuff, but yeah, there's one that's, that it's always kind of like, Oh, it, you know, it's going to re-kick, restart the Western, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and it never quite does. Like you say, it's just one standout. Yeah. I mean, the Western, the Western's never coming back like it was. No. Ever, no. you know, I mean, the the Western used to be like the superhero movie nowadays where mm -hmm. like every weekend there was another Western coming out. Yeah. Same with like the musical at one point, you know, um, yeah. which like, you know, they're not completely dead, but, you know, they're not. Mm -hmm. They're not every weekend. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the superhero movie that will happen to it at some point. Yeah. When I don't know. Seems like it'll never end. But <laughs> <laughs> But who knows? I mean it it seems to be what people love right now. How long was the Western like? I mean it had to be a long time. That I mean it was so popular. Yeah, I mean if we're looking at just the career of John Ford, I mean he was making them what from mid 20s until the 50s. So like thirty years. Yeah, I mean thirty year we... I mean, and then but and then Sergio Leone. I guess when Sergio Leone, Leone came around, it was already 
yeah, it fizzling was, out. And yeah, he like he was like changed it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know that westerns were huge, like in the silent era. There was, uh, you know, because in Hollywood there were just they could go out to the backyard and shoot these things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, cheap. Um, easy to make yeah exactly and now the superhero movie is like they're still in the backyard but they're in uh yeah it's just a green well it's more like they're in the garage mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they're making these movies in these big garages it's all yeah. green screen and <laughs> yeah. um you know big video movies. walls and yeah yeah um but uh yeah so uh, you know obviously we watched um point break last week yeah. and uh I hadn't actually, I I guess I've seen Bill and Ted at some point, but it, I don't, I, I think I watched it kind of passively maybe. So we watched that and uh, I, I really liked it. It was good. I forget, I always forget that George Carlin is in it, hmm. you know. Um, I've never and, seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's a good movie. Um, it. Uh, the the third one is also really good. I watched the third one when it came out a couple of years ago, but um, yeah. it, it's definitely a trilogy. I think I think you should watch. Well, you've never seen the Matrix either, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, <Keanu laughs> you're gonna. You, like, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen yeah, any of the John Wicks either. Yeah, you need to do a Keanu marathon. I'm just like, man, I love Keanu in Speed. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in the second one, right? No, he's not. No, on yeah. the boat. I think Willem Dafoe is the the bad guy in that one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Um, and then I watched The Hobbit, the cartoon from 1977, which is a favorite of mine. It's a five out of five for me because I grew up kind of watching it, and they yeah. tell they tell uh, the the story in an hour and a half. Nice. The the you know which the Hobbit movies is three movies, and they equal like. Who knows? Yeah, six or seven hours, or more. I don't yeah. even know. The extended, Nine, I, maybe. Yeah, I can remember. I w- tried to watch the like extended cuts, and I got through the first two, and then I got about an hour into the last one. I was like, I can't do it anymore. That's what I did, dude. I mean, yeah. I've seen them all before, but I did a rewatch a couple of years ago. And when I got to the third one, I was just like fast forwarding through parts, yeah. just trying to get to anything good because mm. it's yeah. just. I think the first two were pretty decent, you know. Yeah, just... I think so. I, I didn't like the first one when it came out, but yeah. I, I've grown to like parts of it and yeah. and pretty much all of it. But you know, it's it was a it had a very troubled production. You yeah. know, I, it had a ton of talent on it, obviously, but you know, it's just yeah. just very troubled production. And I really wish that we could have gotten to see the two part version. The, mm-hmm. Or the two movie version that Guillermo del Toro was going to direct. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Would have been great, but yeah. anyways, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, it, you know, if, if you want a shorter version, The Hobbit from 1977 is great, and John Huston is the voice of Gandalf. So yeah, I mean, how do you beat that? Sold. <laughs> um. Then I watched The Punisher from 2004. You know, we did like a, you and I for a while on Film Church Radio every week, we <laughs> were like yeah. bouncing back and forth to like the early, you know, 2000 superhero movies. Cause mm. you, you know, I know I had watched like uh, Daredevil and like the Blade movies. And yeah. I can't remember what you had watched. X Men. X Men, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Punisher from 2004, it's like, it, it's one of those movies, I think 2004 was the year that I started buying uh, my own physical media and mm-hmm. like having to hide it in my room, yeah. you know, because my parents didn't want me watching rated R movies. And, uh, but I was like a cinema lover. So like yeah. I had, I had like gotten The Godfather and like Kill Bill and like Mean Girls and The Punisher was one of them. And, um, yeah, so it, there's a lot of like nostalgia there for me. Yeah. And it holds up okay. It holds up better than most of the, the early 2000s superhero movies. But then, you know, it, it's such a like, by the book superhero movie though mm. you know what i mean i mean sort of like it, it's obviously a little darker because it's like the punisher yeah it's very <laughs> um, bloody isn't it i remember i mean it's pretty but i mean not yeah. not even compared to nowadays though no. i mean it's like once you've seen like the boys and yeah, stuff like that true. it's like is <laughs> yeah. this you know i mean it is pretty intense like uh ben foster I believe is his name. The actor is is in the movie, and there's a part he's got like all the. Uh, have you seen it? I have. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I yeah. Think it so, was in the same boat as you. It was one of the first films I bought myself. Yeah, and and like he's got all the he's got like lip rings and stuff, and yeah. like there's a part where they like rip them out. I mean, they don't actually show it, but no. you know, it is pretty intense. And like that was the first time I saw Ben Foster in a movie, and. I was like, man, this guy is like really good. And yeah. I always I always liked I have enjoyed seeing him and stuff. He pops up every now and again in, in some really good movies. Like he was in Hell or High Water. He was and uh what's that film? Yeah. And um he was in Hustle. It was the most recent thing I saw him in. Yeah. Uh with um uh, <sighs> um Adam Sandler, um, uh, he like plays his he plays his manager or he whatever. Does yeah, I, he does. Like, you're right. I remember yeah. like being like, oh, there he is, you know, cool. But yeah. then you kind of forget. Yeah, but um, yeah, he always plays like these really good like uh, side characters usually, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But but then obviously he's in stuff like Hell or High Water where he's like, I mean, he's still kind of the co actor, but he's like the main. Yeah. You know, co-star or whatever there is a film that he did let me look it up it's it's about um oh my gosh two like a father and a daughter who live in like the woods which sounds really strange and then they try and bring them it's called leave no trace they try and bring them like into society um yeah it's amazing that sounds awesome yeah i'm gonna leave have to no check trace. that out yeah um, i really like movies like that um you know, like the village and and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff that's kind of about like people that are separated from from society and then have to yeah. like enter it. Um, because I I feel like that it I don't know I feel like it's an allegory for like my life of being a homeschooler and then you should I mean you should watch this at the earliest opportunity then I think it would be right up your street. Yeah, I'm gonna add it to my watch list. Um, sweet. Yeah, I'll check that out. I mean, we're already 30-ish minutes into the show. Yeah. Um, and we haven't talked about Bubba Hotep yet, but I did finish the rehearsal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you finish is it? It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, you know, it, it, I didn't expect it to get so, like, kind of uh, deep 
Yeah. And 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 almost I don't know if I would it's almost artsy. It is. Yeah, it's very meta and like what are we doing like what is TV? Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? I mean, he's like, yeah, I mean, he's pushing the boundaries, pushing yeah. the form. I mean, he's 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 doing stuff. He's doing, you know, he's creating something that we've never seen before. Yeah. I feel like every episode was so fun and like good to watch. And then the last one just left you really down. For me anyway, I kind of it finished and I was like, oh, I was getting like I was ready to like laugh a lot, you know, and there was a few yeah. things there's a few, you know, there's always a few things that are really funny. But you just feel like oh, you know, you just it, yeah. you come away from it just a little bit sad. Well, that's kind of how I which we haven't talked about this yet either. I I finished um Nathan for you. Oh, Finding Francis. Yeah, and I finished yeah. that one. And that's kind of like how that that episode yeah. kind of leaves you feeling you feel very I don't know, it it just has it has you questioning um society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people and your you know, age and growing old and growing up and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. It's interesting how it 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 brings out like uh something poignant to consider. Yeah. Cuz I felt like, you know, spoilers at the end of uh the rehearsal. I feel like that that last part where he's like talking to the kid and he's like supposed to be the mom or whatever and he's like I thought I thought you were playing my mom and he's like no I'm your, I'm your dad. Like I feel like at that moment I don't know if it was it's like hard to tell if this was like genuine or if it was yeah. uh um something he planned but it seemed like he in that moment he like got what he needed out of his rehearsal yeah. which was like to see if he could be a good dad and he like realized that yeah at the end you know yeah but you're never sure i mean i'm never sure if, yeah. that, if it's like <laughs> if that was like the aim or whether it was just like this is the character i'm playing yeah you know wouldn't it be funny if this rehearsal turned out to be actually for me right and yeah. that was the punchline i d- yeah and that's why he's so wonderful because there's just not you never know whether yeah. it's the character or the real Nathan or yeah, what, you know. Well, I can't wait for season two. Yeah, man. It's, Any Nathan Fielder is up my street. I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're we're ready yeah. for the the main event here. Bubba Hotep from two thousand two. Uh <laughs> the king versus the king of the dead. <laughs> as Letterbox puts it. Yeah. As the word, the tagline, I guess. Um, the summary on Letterboxd is Bubba Hotep tells the true story of what really did become of Elvis Presley. We find Elvis as an elder- elderly resident in an East Texas rest home who switched identities with an Elvis impersonator years before his quote unquote death, uh, then missed the chance to switch back. He must team up with JFK and fight an ancient Egyptian mummy for the souls of their fellow residents. So, how I know you had seen this movie before, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When, where, why, how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it was it was while I was at university. I was doing my masters, um, and a friend of mine who was in the same class. I can't remember which class it was. I've been trying to think. Um, for this week, trying to figure out 
which class it was. I think it might have been adaptation, maybe. Mm. Um, but we had to choose a film that wasn't it, part of our syllabus and kind of talk about talk about it. I can't exactly. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what the um, context was, but he chose Bubba Hotep, um, and he happened to have like a spare DVD. So he was like, "You need to watch this movie. It's really good." So he gave me the DVD, um, and I watched it when I was. So that was when I was what twenty, I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, knew Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead. Been an Evil Dead fan for a while, um, and yeah, I, I couldn't remember a lot of it when I got to it, apart from Black JFK and the wheelchair at the end. They were the two <laughs> things that I was like, I remember those, you know. But the yeah. rest was kind of. Um, a retake. I was like, yeah. I can't remember any of this. Um, and you said that you discovered it working at a cinema in East Texas. Is that right? Yeah. And so, so Joe Lansdale, the guy that wrote the short story, lives in Nacogdoches. Mm. And so um, I had seen him around town a lot before I even knew who he was. I mean, basically, I mean, there was only one movie theater in Nacogdoches. Like, yeah. I worked there from age 18 to like 23. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's only one movie theater in town. So anybody that wants to see a movie either has to come to that movie theater or drive like 30 to 45 minutes out of town. Mm. So everybody came to that movie theater, right? So, um, you know, I would work all over the theater, obviously, but one of the places was I would like tear tickets, you know? So literally... You see every single person, like you're, you're tearing every yeah. single person's ticket in town. <laughs> and uh, so Joe Lansdale came in uh, a lot. And then at one point, um, my manager, same manager who um, got introduced me to like Kevin Smith films and stuff. He was like, oh, I just realized that was Joe Lansdale. And I was like, who is Joe Lansdale? You know, <laughs> and and he's like, oh, he's a writer, you know, famous writer that lives in town. And he... Um, wrote Bubba Hotep, which is a Bruce Campbell movie, um, yada yada, and and then told me that apparently the premiere was there at the theater that I worked at. Oh wow, <laughs> Bubba Hotep. So, um, this is also the same theater that I I based a screenplay that I wrote on. Yeah, which you know about. I won't say mm-hmm. too much here on the show, but uh, I don't know. It's just a weird. It's just it's one kind of those like weird part things. Of the fabric of your life, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I have a. I mean, I love that 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 place. Like, I loved yeah. working at that theater. Um, yeah, it gave me a lot of love for for movies, and I mean, I was already a filmmaker at that point. But just the whole cinema experience and getting to be a part of like sharing that cinema experience with hundreds of people every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously this movie has been on my list for a long time. Wanted to check it out. Um, I love like the Evil Dead movies. I love Bruce Campbell. I've always, I don't know, I've always wanted to see more Bruce Campbell because yeah. I feel like he's such a good actor, mm-hmm. but he just is like stuck in this like B movie. Yeah. 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 Which. Which is great. I'm sure he doesn't regret any part no, of his career. Yeah. You know, he's had he's had an awesome career, but I feel like he's got like the acting chops to like to be in bigger 
or or just you know to sit at the table with like you know other act like a-list actors you know what i mean yeah um like it's 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 almost surprising that he hasn't actually been like a villain in one of the sam raimi movies and i guess they kind of were talking about doing it for spider-man 4 back when he was going to do that but yeah um yeah, it was great to see him in this because I feel like this shows off a lot of his acting chops. Yeah. Um cuz he is so good as Elvis. Like he, he just absolutely kills this role. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I mean at least at least 50% if not you know more of the director's job was done when he cast Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, I mean, it's just it like the best parts of this movie are just, you know, Bruce Campbell or Bruce Campbell and Ozzie Davis just like talking. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No, I agree. Yeah. It definitely are. Um, I did watch a, an interview with Bruce Campbell talking about the experience of making this movie and stuff. And, and he get he, Bruce like gives a lot of credit to uh the director Don Coscarelli um yeah. you know cuz he's like he, he basically is like yeah I mean people love like my performance and stuff in this movie but like he's like you got to realize that the director is you know the one that's like picking the shots and like you know deciding all the takes to use and all this yeah. stuff so like he's you know deserves a lot of credit for it and and I I don't think I've ever seen anything else that he's done like he did like the he did the what, phantasms the, right yeah the phantasm movies which yeah i guess were same time around as, as evil dead um, yeah they're the kind of same i don't want to say lower budget because evil dead kind of did get up there but you know be horrors that turn into franchises right yeah so it's the same vein i guess as um is what he was doing with Rainy. Yeah, become like cult classics and stuff. Yeah. Um, it is kind of crazy to me that you have seen this film before because it feels <laughs> yeah. like such a... I mean, yeah, it's like a cult classic, but it's like such a niche I know. cult classic, you know? I must admit that it wasn't a film that I would have picked off the shelf for myself if someone yeah. hadn't have kind of like given me the disc and said, hey, you need to watch this because I'm writing something about it. Yeah, yeah, you for know. sure. Um, and I, and I, like, like I said, I couldn't remember much about it, and it had been over ten years since I'd seen it. So, yeah, there was a lot in there that still surprised. Yeah. Um. So, what what did you feel this time around rewatching it? Like, what what did you love? What did you hate? What did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, I think Bruce Campbell was really good. Um, and I think that the fact that he was supposed to be an Elvis impersonator that had like gone into a coma and come out added to his performance because it was the very, it was the most Elvis Elvis. You know? Yeah. Um, which after seeing Elvis, I've said Elvis a lot, after seeing Elvis <laughs> and the fact that they kind of seem to, even though it's a Baz Luhrmann film, they scale him back a bit. And he's not as Elvis, <laughs> you know, <laughs> describing this really badly. It was a bit of a like shock to go in and see it 
as I don't know Vegas vicar as this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that, like you said, him and Ozzy Davis, when they are together, that's when the film pops. You know, mm. that I think yeah. it took a while for me to kind of sink into it, I guess. Because, I mean, the film starts and there's about 15 minutes of him talking about his penis. Um, yeah, which, which is was, funny stuff. Like, it's it, it's yeah. good. Like, it's good, like, Bruce Campbell just stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um and it and it and it has a good chuckle here or there, but it's it's not the funniest parts of the movie yet. No, no, hundred percent. And I was a bit like, Oh no, I hope it's not just gonna be, you know, penis jokes and <laughs> like bathroom humor for old people, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. but then when when he gets one on one with Ozzy Davis, it's just that they are, you know, delusional people playing these larger than life characters. Yeah. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, Ozzy Davis um, plays JFK um, mm-hmm. and he is obsessed with kind of like working out his assassination um, and that, well, he wasn't assassinated. His brain was put into a black man's body. Yeah. So that's why <laughs> JFK is um, black in this film. Um, which well, is he such... says, I think that they died in black or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is bizarre. Um, I just yeah. love his whole bedroom with the pictures of Oswald on the wall and the like diorama of the <laughs> of the of the book depository that he's got on his desk. Um, that was really funny. Um, and in the end, it doesn't really. I mean, Bubba Hotep, you know, is the titular character, but he's not really that menacing. It's more about having those two characters on screen to yeah. like act against each other. Yeah. You know, because he kind of kills one old lady and then he's just in like a storage cupboard mm-hmm. for most of the film, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess he calls, kills a couple of people, but. Yeah. He's not, you know, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those movies that like, I I would love to watch this with groups of people like i think they did like a roadshow tour where they made like 32 prints and like showed it around and stuff in it because it was like kind of a a limited access kind of event it it kind of built up this hype and following and stuff and Mm. um i you know it would have been awesome to like go to one of those and see audiences react to it and I don't know, just to like, it, it's one of those movies that you, like, you should just dedicate your attention to it and enjoy it for what it is. Because I found yeah. myself wanting to be like, you know, pull up my phone and stuff at certain parts. And then, and then like the dialogue would just pop off and be so ridiculous and hilarious that, you know, it just like keeps your attention. Yeah. So not only is it like Ossie Davis and Bruce Campbell, but it's like the, the writing, like the stuff that they're saying. Yeah is hilarious mm-hmm. you know it's in, it's hilarious and interesting and but then it also gets kind of like um heartfelt yeah you know because there's like a, a scene at the end where they're talking about their kids and you know the jfk character is is like we weren't there for our kids when they needed us were we and you know and there and then there's a lot of like even though it's like you know this kind of like be level like um humor it yeah it uh you know there's a lot of 
things about kind of growing old and and stuff like there that kind of um I don't know just just make it a little a little above your average B horror kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah, no I agree. I think that um when you think of people in retirement homes, I mean the whole like his roommate dies early on in the film, Elvis's and his daughter comes to collect his things and she's like never visited him and is thrown away like his purple heart and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just to reinforce the fact that these people are kind of forgotten about. So yeah. of course they like being Elvis is like, Hey, I'm still relevant. Like I'm still here, you know? Yeah. Um, people know who I am still. And I think it, yeah. it definitely does have that um, twinge of sadness throughout the whole thing of just, this is kind of the end. Yeah. You know, that death doesn't really scare them too much. They're just, they want to take Bubba Hotep down. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, the the plot, I mean, obviously the plot is like they're trying to take Bubba Hotep down, but like all of the, the Egyptian stuff, like the details of it are so fuzzy for me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I'm not really sure like how the the sense of each scene progressing progressing to each scene but it doesn't really like it doesn't really yeah. you don't really need to understand the details you kind of just trust that it makes some kind of sense <laughs> yeah but i mean like i said the the story i mean it's not threatening the story doesn't really matter it is just about the performances from yeah exactly Bruce Campbell and Ozzy Davis yeah cuz there's like the scene where they they go into the bathroom and and Ossie Davis is showing Bruce Campbell like the Egyptian lettering on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And you like think that it's going to have something to do with the plot or something because they find this Egyptian lettering. And he's like, I decoded it and it says, Cleopatra does the nasty. <laughs> and like, whatever else, there was like one other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Elvis is just like, what? <laughs> you know? like, and just like stuff like that that just. It just kind of catches you off guard sometimes. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, we're in this kind of like silly ass movie. Yeah, um, but it just worked like it works so well because of those two guys. I think. I think so too. Yeah, um, I think it. This the script has got a a tendency, you know, to I don't know to boil things down. Like, there's no real nuance. I don't think with much of the the words, yeah. you know, like there's yeah the way that the Bubba Hotep kind of takes people's souls is to take them out of an orifice, um, either the one on the face or the one on the behind. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like all the way through, it's not like that's not funny enough. They've got to go and like explain exactly what it is <laughs> yeah, and what's happening. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it works because the actors give a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My only like criticism, I think, is that it wasn't filmed in East Texas, uh-huh. um, which it still works. You know, it just it's like me being from East Texas and like having lived in Nacogdoches for part of part of the time. Like, um, it would have been great to actually see that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it still works. And, that you know, I mean, they worked with such a low budget. It's like, it's not like he could take, because most of the people that the director 
had working on this film had all worked with him before. Yeah. You know, and he's a yeah. California based director. It's not like he could just afford to I mean, it was like half a million dollars that the, yeah. they made this movie for, which is like nothing, you know, for a movie, yeah. especially with, you know, real stars in it. Um, you know, so so it's like I get, you know, I can give them some leniency there. But it, like I said, it would have been cool to actually be in that area and stuff. Uh, but they did a pretty good job, I think, of, mm. of making it feel somewhat like East Texas and stuff. And yeah. they go to Nacogdoches at one point and uh, um, when Elvis is like switching places with Sebastian Half, um, which is also a great scene because you don't, you know, he's he's going to switch places with this Elvis impersonator. And then it's just Bruce Campbell again. Yeah, playing the, yeah, <laughs> playing the impersonator, the impersonator. Yeah. but a bit less Elvis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and so he has this great scene with himself, um, and he's like kissing his ring <laughs> like yeah. when he comes in and stuff, which is great. Um, and I loved like I loved that whole sequence of him like arriving in Nacogdoches, you know, and then the scene with himself, and then you get to see. Like when his he accidentally burns up his contract in this trailer park, which I guess might still be Nacogdoches. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like barbecuing, and then it blows up the whole thing. And like his like Bruce Campbell's performance in that moment was just. It was just great. It was yeah. just, he's just like oh my god, yeah. did you see that thing? <laughs> it just went up like that. <laughs> and it's just like so. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to d- explain it other than I, like, it, it's not over the top, but it's just like right on point. Yeah. I think I was, gonna, yeah. I mean, I think that Bruce Campbell is best when he's dialed up to 11. I mean, you look at the evil dead films and like, like number one is, is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's great, but Ash in the, in the first one is just regular Ash. You know, it's not yeah. until he starts attaching chainsaws to his arms and saying yeah. groovy that, like, yeah. he becomes Ash, you know, the Ash that we love. And on yeah. this, it's, like, up to 12. You know, it's turned up another mm-hmm. notch. But that's where he excels. That's the the area in which Bruce Campbell is, you know, gold on yeah. the screen. So yeah. my, my biggest criticism um, for it is it's just I didn't think that it was funny enough. I thought there were so many missed mm. opportunities, you know, that there was bits that really worked, um, like especially, as we've said, between the two mains, but the the parts in between it, like, you know, the bits about him getting an erection and stuff like that, I just, I felt like I had to sit through to get to the good stuff, yeah. you know. And when you've got th- these two people that everybody instantly knows, you know, I feel like there was so much more that could have been done or so yeah. many more jokes that could have been written yeah, yeah. um which was a shame. well it it's definitely like a midnight movie yeah you know it's definitely sure. like one of those things that you put on like and this is you know. yeah, exactly this is like personal taste is like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah dick jokes don't really do it for <laughs> me too much you know it, it's just i like ass jokes <laughs> <laughs> especially when they're solving the crimes <laughs> Yeah, I I feel what you're saying. Like I feel like the funniest stuff for me though was like just Bruce Campbell's 
performance. Like when he's when he's like talking about when he's like describing the bug to the yeah. like doctor or whatever. He's like the bug was the size of my fist. He's like kind of mumbling and just yeah. like you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth and then what comes out is just like hilarious. He's like it's like the size of a peanut butter banana sandwich. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like it, there was just so many little like lines like that that just would catch me off guard because it was just out of left field and just like hilarious. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I I definitely get what you're, where you're coming from. Like, um, and everybody else in the movie was good too. Like, yeah, you know, obviously they 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 weren't. They didn't have a ton of scenes, but uh, Ella Joyce, um, yeah, the nurse, yeah. was definitely a standout. Like she was really she was. funny. She was really funny, yeah. and I like that scene of her alone outside having a cigarette and kind of, you know, that was that was genuinely like the scariest bit of the film. Uh huh. You know, where she was kind of edging towards the, um, the the shed and you know not sure what was going on in there and stuff. So. But yeah, yeah, she was she was really really good. I agree. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, so I I don't. That's like most of what I have for the film, like for the episode. I'm trying mm. to think what what else there is. I did have a question if you knew what the deal was with like the old lady. It was like towards the beginning, and she's like in some kind of machine, and the old lady like goes in there and so takes is, the chocolates or something. And, is that I might be getting it completely wrong, but is that an iron lung? Because um, I know that especially like children and stuff like used to be in it in the olden days. So I don't know whether it's just a quote, like just, you know, time kind of. Like, yeah. We're a bit, I don't know, like this hasn't been updated very much. But I assume okay, it's maybe. some kind of like assisted breathing device. I guess like it almost yeah. seemed kind of sci-fi and it I did. thought it was yeah. going to be something, you know, or maybe like it was going to be another famous person or something like that. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I'm sure somebody out there knows. If you know, tweet us. Yeah, it did look like some kind of iron lung type device. I don't, I don't know if the device was called an iron lung, but uh, yeah. 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 Um I wonder if the Phantasm films try and you know, mix the the comedy and the horror in the same way. Or whether this was a I bit would of assume a, so. Yeah, if this was a bit of a departure, you know, in terms yeah. of okay, we've got the horror elements that people know me for, but I really want to direct some comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's this it, you know, I'm, I mean Sam Raimi is the king of that. Like there's yeah. there's nobody who's done like the comedy horror better, I don't think, than Sam and, Raimi. But Yeah. And that's the thing. When you see a comedy horror with Bruce Campbell, you can't distance yourself away from Evil Dead Two. You know, and Evil Dead Three. It's yeah. It's, it's really hard to be like, okay, they don't exist. Yeah. Let's watch this film on its own merits. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess Sam Raimi also gets credit for getting Bruce Campbell in this film because, uh, according to Bruce Campbell on his, in his like YouTube interview, mm. um, I mean it's probably on the DVD too. I just watched it on YouTube, but uh, <clears throat> he said that uh, Don, uh, the director Don Cuscarelli, I keep uh, thinking I'm going to accidentally pronounce his name wrong. 
Coscarelli, uh, him, he was talking to Sam Raimi about the script and stuff mm. and who to cast. And Sam was just like, Bruce will do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think originally they were going to get someone a little bit older. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, this was 2002 and at the time, I mean, yeah, at the time Bruce was obviously younger. Yeah. And, uh, but he, I mean, he, you can't tell in the movie, like he, he looks and plays like an old Elvis. Like he does. He, he yeah, seems he does. very old. And mm-hmm. at the time this was made, Elvis would have been 67. Wow. Which is just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Cause it's like, especially when like, um, you know, international, internationally known public, public figures die early at a young age you forget like they just you know you forget that how old they would be now yeah you know that's why it was was crazy to talk about um jean-luc godard like at the beginning of the episode that like he was still alive all the way into 2022 Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's just wild you know and elvis would have been you know could possibly still be alive today yeah you know age-wise um so, yeah, it's just mind blowing to think about shit like that. I know. Me. Yeah, it's very. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, they seem immortalized forever. You know, like you said, you just you forget that everybody ages, and that they would. You know, Elvis would have been would have more than likely looked a lot worse than Bruce Campbell in this film. You know, the way oh, he's yeah. going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, anything else about this film? Um, I think, yeah, I think that what it sets out to do, it accomplishes. I think that, yeah. you know, I've, I've sounded like a, a little negative on it. And I think that, you know, it's it's not supposed to be the best horror comedy ever written or right. ever filmed, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you kind of... I don't know. The performances are, are good enough to to pull it up. You know, it's it's a yeah. It's a an interesting film to watch and it's a story that's never gonna be, you know, imitated or copied. It's yeah. it's very unique um and interesting. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, it is crazy that this thing got made. Yeah. Like especially at such a low budget. I mean I think it definitely would have benefited from um, a bigger budget, you know, not mm-hmm. much bigger. Cause like once you get too big, then it just gets worse. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of times, especially with like um, horror comedies, you know, yeah. you know, you could, there's kind of like a perfect budget level, I think sometimes with these things, but um, yeah, like just, just the fact that, the director had enough passion to to find the finance. He like found private financing. Yeah. You know, was able to to get Bruce Campbell on board and and Aussie Davis and you know create something that is like so many people love. You know, like this yeah. is this is a true like cult classic film. It is. Like this yeah. is this is something I will definitely watch more than once you know Mm -hmm. i'm like this is something that i would put on 
especially now that like Elvis is out. Like I kind of, this is one of those things that I might even go back to it very soon. Like when hanging yeah. out with family or friends, um, because Elvis is so fresh on people's mind right now to be like, all right, we'll watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, Here's what happened yeah. after Elvis ended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's what happens next. Here's the sequel. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I mean they've been talking about making a sequel of this film for yeah. for years, and yeah. um, it, it might still be happening. I mean, it, it's showing on IMDb that it's still happening, and um, I don't think Bruce Campbell is going to be Elvis, mm. but. Um, I'm not sure who is actually, but they're. I guess they're going to do Bubba Nosferatu, which they joke at the end. Yeah, uh, at the end <laughs> of the credits, um, it, they put it in there as a joke. Like it, was, it just says like he will return in Bubba Nosferatu and the She Vampires or something like yeah. that. And uh, yeah, he put it in there as a joke, but then um, people want it. People, yeah, people want it. Yeah, you know, so. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe. Who knows? You know, just get um, Marvel interested and they'll make a full 28 film release around it. So Yeah, exactly. And then they could yeah. actually use Bruce Campbell because they could, um, you know, de-age him. Yeah, they're the, exactly. They're the yeah. leaders and all of that. I mean, they, they made a whole movie with Samuel L. Jackson 30 yeah. years younger. They sure did. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't wait to see what else Bruce Campbell is doing. Yeah, and you know, I, I I'm gonna watch more of his films. And um, have you read his? Book? I, I feel like there's there's some, I haven't read his book, and mm-hmm. I, and I feel like there's something out there. Like this, this feels like one of them. Like finding that gem of a performance, but I, like I feel like he's got more, and I yeah. want to find it. You know yeah. what I mean? But but no, I haven't read his book, and he also has a movie called My Name is Bruce where he plays himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's playing himself. He directed himself, it yeah. too. I've just pulled it up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got to find that and watch it. Yeah. But... <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't finished the, the series either, the Evil Dead show. Which they made two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's got pretty. I mean, that name, my name is Bruce has got pretty good, you know, reviews. I guess from Letterboxd. And yeah. Stuff, so yeah, you have to. Find yeah, I mean, I would imagine. You know, I mean, you're talking about the 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 god of the horror comedy. Yeah. You know, like people being in not only being in, you know, the Evil Dead movies, which alone is like enough street cred yeah but you know he's he's been in so many other of these like horror comedy b movies like it only makes sense for him to be like well here's mine like here let me direct one like you know like being able to take all the the best pieces um from each director and, Mm -hmm. and do something so um yeah i'm definitely gonna check that out but but yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah, I think so. Today, yeah, we put Hotep to rest. 
<laughs> and we are driving off in our little electronic wheelchairs. That's right. <laughs> um, so it's time. It's that part of the show where we guess bum, 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 what we rated the <laughs> film. <laughs> um, so this is something me and Lewis have started doing where we try to get, we, we always like rate movies on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we try to try to guess each other's. I'm gonna say that you rated this film three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that you rated this film four. All right, and the winner is you are half a star away. Ah, was it three and a half? It was two and a half. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. yeah. I could tell you That's were nearly going for two. No, I was nearly going for three and a half. I thought it was oh, a little wow. higher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was four for me. Sweet. Congratulations, you win. Yeah. What do I win? <laughs> you we get keep to it. pick the film next week. Hey, there we go. That's what I want. <laughs> now, two and a half sounds sounds very very harsh, but I do have a very particular rating system. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it just falls into that category, which is it doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah, yeah. so it's not Lewis; it's the rating system. Sorry. Yeah, don't blame me. <laughs> it's the rating system that I came up with. So, <laughs> do you think? I, uh, uh, so you've seen this film twice now. I think I've seen it three times. Really? I think I must have. Yeah, I think I watched it and then probably watched it again after I read my friend's work. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, do you think uh, there'll be a fourth? I mean, probably down the line. Yeah, as my voice breaks. <laughs> That's always what I wonder when you rate films low. Is like, are yeah. you gonna are you gonna go back? But I mean, I, well? yeah, I'm sure I will. You know, um, it's it's higher rated than Breathless. Wow. Yeah, he hates Breathless. <laughs> I do. Yeah, just give me breath. <laughs> Breath more was better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Well, I mean, hopefully that gives every listener something to love when they listen to this show because either, you know, usually either you love a movie or you hate it. So yeah. you can you can pick a side, you know. Yeah, you can follow us on Letterboxd and shout insults at us as we rate your favorite films. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so uh <laughs> that's fine so so what are we watching next week lewis i need yeah. to know yeah of course so i know that we're probably going to talk about this a little bit more next week but we have a very exciting few months coming up um and we're going to try and mix it up a little bit do something different um and i just i thought that before we do that it'd be a great like palette cleanser to have one of my favorite films that I don't think you've seen. Um, it's it's okay. one of my feel-good films. I love to put this on, um, but I want you to watch it too. It is On the Town from 1949. Okay. Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra. Um, just a blast of a musical. And I know that like we mentioned musicals earlier about going in and out of style. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know that we've even done a musical for Film Church yet. No, I'm trying. I was trying to think. You know, I was looking through the streaming services that we have to try and find something 
um, A, that was free, and B, that either I wanted to see or I wanted you to see. And I just kept coming back to On the Town. So Yeah. I might have seen this before. Oh, really? If, well, I don't know. I don't know if this is what I'm thinking of. It because might not there's, be. Yeah, there's, there's a few Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra musicals and of, around the same time. I think I have seen this. I I think I saw it uh, when I worked at Studio Movie Grill. Oh, really? The theater I worked at, yeah. Uh, do you want me to pick another one? Do you want me to do it again? No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to I wanna rewatch it. Because cool. I, don't, I don't think I was too um, thrilled by it. If, it. if it is the same movie. Yeah. So it, I want to know why I should love this movie. Yes. <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that'll be next week. So yeah. And then exciting stuff after that. Yeah. So be sure to tune in next week because we'll, we'll announce that what's what's happening so <clears throat> that brings us to the end of the show uh you can follow us on everything um and please do uh twitter instagram facebook we're on tiktok now yeah. ladies and gentlemen youtube um we post extra content on youtube um and by extra content i mean um like other reviews and stuff that isn't even on the podcast episode so go yeah. check it out um you can find us of course all of that stuff is at film church radio you can also find us individually on letterboxd at selman scope and at walker lewis 3007 to keep up with what we've been watching um because every time we were like immediately after we watch something we'll post it on letterboxd and you can yeah. see what we rated it and what we think so follow us there and um, see what's on our watch list and give us suggestions of things to watch for Film Church. Um, and yeah, please, please come back. We want to see people come back to the congregation so we know that uh, you like us. We need yeah. validation. No, not really, but... <laughs> that we're preaching to someone, that someone yeah. hears. Yes. But I just got one last question, Lewis. Oh, Yeah. Marilyn. Come on, man. Marilyn Monroe. What was she like in the sack? That is classified information. Top secret. But between you and me, wow. You old dog. Watch your back, Jack. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.